0: I miss the night, and summer doesn't happen every day. 26. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm really tired. The dominant question in my head is, what does it mean to make a right decision? I think I'm terrified of doing the wrong thing, not doing completely right, not giving the complete attention I need to to something. I'm carrying that a lot. carrying that a lot with almost all things, with what I tell the people close to me, with what I talk about with strangers. With There's always that voice in the background, is this okay? As if I might be infectious, I might uh, say something from the wrong place, or give the wrong image, or. Should I hide this? Should I not hide this? Or I'm not so sure. But I'm not so sure about things. I've told myself recently, maybe yesterday, and it rang really true. I think the weakness in me is the face I try to put that seems strong. It's my act of being strong is what breaks me. I was reading Lao Tzu's uh, book, Tao Te Ching. I don't know if it's his, his, I can't say it's his book. I'm buying a collection in his name uh, a few thousand years after he lived. you know, so I don't know how the fuck it's arranged, what he was talking about when he was talking about it, what he was going through when he wrote those things. He started off by saying uh, that that which is spoken is not the way you know, immediately starting off and saying that words are the thing that might be blocking you, you know? And then continuing with words because at the end of the day, that's the only medium you have. So good luck living with that, you know? So it was passages, each passage, saying something different, different points, ending something. But he's using, at least with this translation, there's terms where I'm like, yeah, but what what does this mean? Because in this passage, it uh, feels like it's referring to something and then three passages later, with each page being a passage, uh, it's like something else. One of those words is the empire. Hold on to the image of the empire and it will come to you. Three passages earlier, it was um, do not try to take the empire, or you will ruin it. Uh, You know, something along those lines. So what does this guy mean by the empire? What does he mean by the myriad creatures? He talked about water and how water is formless, how water can fill any space, how you should create the vessel that you could allow the water to form in. He talked about how he himself can be in a state of harmony with nature, like a strong kind of wind you could feel in a field. You know, that nice wind, he used it as a metaphor to what he constantly feels like, that he chases or tries to stay in stillness. He tries to stay in stillness. You know, story of my life. So one of the things that he he said is, if you want to weaken something, strengthen it. If you want to shorten something, stretch it. If you want to break something, harden it. I don't think he said. I don't think that was written, but I'm saying it now. Uh, just reading these passages, some of them don't make any sense. Some of them make some sense. Uh, still, it feels like a vehicle to ask myself questions. With these words being the mirror I'm using to ask these things, and that opens up some things, you know. He talks about how the true nature, like the a certain quality in nature, let's say, is the thing that accomplishes without boasting, the thing that gives without uh, you know, trying to trying to get payment for giving, you know, or it's benevolent. The thing that's all these things, that ends up reaching everywhere because it's not trying to reach anywhere, that it's doing the thing because it's doing the thing, but not because of The image of doing the thing, uh, fame, whatever. And he likened it to water in a sense. Water is the closest thing to that. It's the thing that makes way for everything and in itself in that case is not hindered and could cut through anything if need be within its path, if it needs to go somewhere. So be like water. Water is faceless. If you want to be like water, then can you still maintain your face? I pay a lot of attention to faces. I look at faces every day. I seem to just have really strong facial recognition and a tendency to be very aware of faces. Uh, It's just how I'm like. And then to ask this question, uh, is it to be like water? Is it also to be faceless? Is that, was that the thing? Should I be faceless? Uh, it's a lot. I had to ask myself if I was going to read uh, Lao Tzu's book or Confucius, because I have both. And this is also something, you know, it's because I could have chosen either. I could have ended up spending the same time I was reading Lao Tzu's shit, uh not in any derogatory meaning. I could have been reading Confucius's words, you know, and um if I were reading those other words that would have opened up another avenue of of asking, reflecting and, and questions. That which does not resist, that which which does not contend, cannot have problems, that that which does not act, can remain peaceful. You know, a lot of things that make sense, but do you really want to be a person who doesn't act, you know, just to stay peaceful? Do you really want to be... But like he would, again, ten passages later say the complete opposite of what he said beforehand, you know. One line was it was nice. Before I say it this is like coming this is coming from a place where I'm really reflecting on on what what this is, you know? Because to me it's like I have a part of me that is beyond anger. Like I have a part of me that I like when I taste it and when I feel it it's like I wanna I wanna completely obliterate things and I wanna have the power to obliterate them. I want to be able to crush them. I want to be able to throw them all away, destroy them all, and not have consequences. And it seems like a part of me is trying to hold this part like really back because it's like afraid of the consequences. It's afraid of what might happen if other people are going to like me. And this leads to some kind of dishonesty with myself, a dishonesty with these people. Maybe they taste it or don't taste it in different ways. I don't know. I really don't know, but uh probably do, but this uh, thing, because in my past I felt like, but if I just was dishonest in that moment, would have it been wrong? If I was bad in that moment, would it have been wrong? if I punched him then because it was really right to do that, would I have been wrong Uh, to steal something? Because you know it's never going to be read and you could make use of it. Would that have been wrong? And I've had so many situations where I held myself back from being a complete... Is it really being a monster? Who would I have been then and how would I have reflected on it? You know, and would I have thought to attached to it this much, as much as I'm saying right now? So one of the lines in this line was, "The virtuous man is virtuous because he is not always because he's not always virtuous. The non-virtuous man uh, is not virtuous because he holds on to being virtuous." And I don't know. I don't know what I am. I seem to be the non-virtuous man trying very hard to to be virtuous. And I keep telling myself that I would be happier and I would be more myself if I were less virtuous, if I was more taking in some situations where I held myself back instead of being more bold. And I seem to think that this holding back is something I should strengthen as well. Because in some cases it helps. In other cases I feel like I'm a frustrated horse, a lion or frustrated something with a lot of energy held on by a leash. And it's not, uh, it's not getting out of this box even though it's not helping anyone because it's it's not being itself in this box, it's not being itself with this leash, and it's just frantic and looking around instead of being a complete monster. And it's like, I don't want to convince myself of things that aren't real, where I am convincing myself that I'm going to be a certain kind of monster, you know? And in some cases, I really have to debate with myself, it's like, at what points is kindness the right way? It's, at what points is complete passivity the right thing? At what points is complete honesty the right thing? So if honesty is honesty, I'd be angry very often, and I'd insult people very often. I had a situation where I was uh, at the Dome in Berlin. It's like a big church uh, built during Prussian times. And before, like you could go, you go, you could go take a long set of stairs and go upstairs, and then you can see, uh, you can go around the dome in like a 360, and see a bit of of that that area in Berlin. It's a nice view. It was alright. It wasn't anything like crazy special. But before that, there's another level where you're just walking from one end of the dome to the other, but like a level a level lower, so you're still indoors. And I walked halfway through I walked halfway through I saw in the window a really nice balcony. I wanted to f- pay attention to the balcony, so I walked past, and at that point where I stopped and wanted to turn back, there were three posters that I looked at, and then there was just this guard wearing a white shirt and looking at her phone doing whatever I don't know if she said hi to me or not. I don't know if I answered or I didn't uh but then I decided, okay, immediately, I want to walk back and look at this balcony, which was like a meter back into a window. And where the door was, was uh, four or five, maybe seven meters back where I was coming from. So I came back to the window, and as soon as I started walking out, she was like, And I was like, oh, get the fuck off me. Don't fucking talk to me. In my head I was just like, fuck. I'm just like, in my head, I wanna be alone. I'm here to see shit. Why the fuck are you talking to me? Why the fuck are you talking to me? So I, I, I start, I shout. I'm here. And then she, she didn't ask me, wo mushtuns again, she's like, like, whatever. Anyways, I, I shouted and I'm like, I'm right here, looking through this window. She's like, what? And then she came up and she, she she stood up and came to me to look at me. And I, I I don't know how I seemed to her then, but she just smiled. I saw complete complacency in her eyes and like this innocence that you're like, why did I shout at this, this innocent thing? You know, that didn't mean to like, but it's like, I don't know if it was a protective thing from her or if she was really just like, Chilling on her phone and then just wanted to ask what's up so she so she could tell me actually you just have to keep going upstairs. But whatever it was, I don't want to have it. I don't want you to fucking talk to me. I was in a silent place and I was just wanting to look through this window. So I was like shouting like I'm looking through this window. Uh I'm right here just looking through the window. Like just fucking leave me. So that's one scenario where this person ate that and I had to like immediately kind of keep reflecting on this, like what the fuck did I just do? Why did I do that? Why did I just shout at this person? I don't usually, uh, end up releasing like this, you know, on, on someone. And that happened. So... <laughs> So I went, I went through the dome, I went downstairs, there were some nice things about it, angels hanging from the ceiling. I wonder how that happened, how it was done, but that's the thing that caught my attention the most. There were angels carved out from the ceiling next to some other ornaments, but it's just like, because everything was on the wall, even if it was carved, these were so out of the wall with just parts of their back hanging, it just seemed made it seem like they were flying or hanging from a thread of a leather stone and heavy heavy stone that was that was that I ended up doing a workout two times that that Sunday two days ago because of how how much energy I felt and uh There was another moment, I think it was Saturday or, or Friday. I'm at a point right now where I'm I'm, I'm' I'm on a vow of not talking to women in the street, like not hitting on them, not not contacting any girls I know, or even any person I know who hasn't shown explicit interest in in me as a person or as a friend, you know. So I'm not contacting people asking them to hang out, I'm not contacting anyone to do anything, I'm not talking to girls to get their phone numbers, I'm not any of that at the moment. I'm 13 days into this, Uh, maybe even 14, I have to like think about it again. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think it's 13 today. And. but I'm still like, if I see something interesting or if I want to engage with something, I'd engage with it. depends on what my intention is, so it's like I'm taking this time to really observe how I'm looking at these people, how I'm creating crazy, too much about them, how I'm thinking how much I need them or not, don't need them in my life, how my life still continues normally afterwards uh, without any problem. Uh, Uh, How right now all this process of thinking I have to text and make something happen or try to show anything or anything, all of that is just not there. So um, I can focus on more important things, focus more on myself, and all that's real, you know. Uh, And Just this observation, just taking taking a break from what you're normally used to doing as a pattern just for a while, just to see how, how you react to it. But I was going onto the main station, and I was going to the bus, and I saw a girl reading a book. And I saw this book, and the cover was really nice. It was a grey cover with some strong, dark grey in the middle, and I was walking past and I tried to sneak a look at the cover, I didn't see the cover, and then I was walking past, but then I was like, you know what, just ask her what the book is, you know, my intention feels clean. So I went, I was like, hey, uh do you mind telling me what this book is? And oh my god, the bitch vibe I got from this cunt was just like she she Like look I can respect I can respect anyone who wants to have their space, you know, it's fine. But it's just like it didn't feel to me that this person as a as a human being has the that this person has the proper defense mechanisms or the proper attitude towards life as a human being in general, just felt like this person is completely narcissistic, completely in their own world, and completely thinking that their own world is, is what's right, you know, with a lot of a lot of insecurities under that, like all of that hit me like a brick, and she was like ah." Uh, uh, and then she just stayed quiet a bit looking at me. And I was like, uh, yeah, what, what, what's the book? And she op- she doesn't show me the front cover. She shows me the back cover for a second. And then closes the back cover again. And then just looks at me again. Like she doesn't even have the... She, it's not like she doesn't have the energy to talk. She doesn't even want to try to put the energy into talking. Because, I don't know, she thinks I want to put a fucking dick inside of her and just fuck her really I don't know what the fuck is going on with people, like, really. What they try to protect or what they think they're holding on to so much. Yeah, myself too, but it's just like, fuck, are you human? So she would even show me the front page. She showed me the back and, like, what the fuck can I tell from that? I don't remember seeing a, a blurb, like, what's written on the back. And then she said in a very, very low voice, witcher i was like excuse me she's like witcher and i was just like you know okay and i left and it's like i've ta- i've talked to so many people and i see i see when someone you know doesn't want to talk or something but it's just like with her specifically it was just like this fucker this fucking cunt needs a slap to her face she needs to realize that she's she's uh like, it just felt like a crazy, crazy amount of narcissism. And I wanted to say, so how I reacted was like, okay, with half a thumbs up, you know, and just like, uh, almost blank face, and just walked away and continued my day. But what I was thinking about when I was continuing my day is, first off, Khalid, don't hold on to whatever the fuck just happened. Fuck this, fuck this person. And the second thing was, Why didn't I just tell this person something like, because I felt it then, like a true brick. Did someone put something up your ass, like really, really, really far up? Is is what I wished I told her, you know? And who knows? Who knows who I would have been if I did say that? if I'm gonna reflect on it negatively after I say that, if she's gonna think about it for days after I say that, and whether that would be a good thing for humanity or not, if I said that, would that make her a better person? If Someone made it clear to her that she was being socially just fucking fucked. Because how much of a black hole of energy I saw in my face then was just insane. Uh, But this is what you expose yourself to when you talk to people. But still, like, do I want to be a mirror to the world, a faceless fucking lake to all? Um, what am I carrying? Can you even really change anyone by... But, like, who knows? Like, I, I would respect myself more when I'm more like that. But then, when I'm like that, there is a part of me that's just uh, very much... Uh, it's not regretful, but it's just—it's just a crazy, crazy, extre- other, other extreme of me that's also there. That's gonna be like, oh, but pacifism and peace, and leaving things in nature as they are. But it's like, no, you know, it's like some things deserve a slap to the face in those moments because how she was then, and I've talked to so many people. How she was then was just so backwards, was so, so, so wrong, you know, I don't know what kind of world she's stuck in, but, uh, so yeah, what's a, what's a healthy release for anger? What's a healthy release for anger? I spoke to my uncle today for the first time in like a few years because my dad, my dad is, uh, he lost his mind, honestly. And uh, all he does is disrespect my mom. My mom, uh, is also under a kind of, uh, what's it called? Is it Stockholm Syndrome? Where you take care of, the Stockholm Syndrome is when, you, when you're a prisoner of someone, you start having sympathy for them, right? Um, mom, my mom's taking care of some, taking care of someone this person is only abusive to her and she only thinks that I need to take care of this person more because it's my duty she doesn't think oh but this person more than once told her that we're divorced like usually in Islam and if you talk to any sheikh or anyone if that comes out of a husband uh, it's a serious thing and the couple is considered divorced if the husband says this And my dad uh, has has said it multiple times, just like, doesn't have control over his tongue and doesn't wanna have control over his tongue, you know? So it's really, it's really frustrating. Uh, She wipes his ass. She changes his his, uh, urine thing that he has, a urine pipe into into a bag, she makes his food, she carries him up, she showers him, she does everything for him. Now her attitude towards him since they got married wasn't good. You know when uh, since they got married, my mom has always had a sight of her that's crazy crazy passive aggressive, and isn't going to reward now it was wrong of her it wasn't her decision to marry him she was eighteen um, she was eighteen, but he was also just a very lethargic fat uh, unhealthy Vulgar person, you know, and that's what who she was married to, even if he has good qualities, she was just distant to him in a lot of ways for a long time and and that's what he saw from her very consistently, yeah and uh I don't know she just he's suffering. His heart had, was like his chest was opened and his heart had to be operated on so it works better. He has diabetes, he has bad kidneys, he has probably bad liver. Uh, he smoked for a very, very long time. He's not smoking anymore now. He's uh, just suffering and suffering and suffering and feeling pain taking it like a champ, as if that makes him worth something, not doing a single thing for his own sake, he's not doing a single, single thing to help himself, like at all, he just does not help himself. And it's like one of the things that's, that's like almost impossible to understand, like this complete refusal to do anything good for oneself from one's own volition and accord Just complete zero of that, null, null. Uh, Even detrimental, like doing things to create worse progress, like uh, taking the wrong medicine. Or one time I was with him in the hospital and the doctor asked uh, after he takes a shit, don't flush the toilet, I wanna see the shit. So I took dad to the toilet. He was really finding it tough to get there. I took him there and everything, and uh, I wiped his shit. I wiped his ass, and then he had to- he had a paper towel in his his hand. He wiped his ass too, and then I was like, "No, Baba, please throw it in the bin." He didn't listen to me. He threw it. He threw it in the, the toilet, and then he uh, uh, turns. He turned the uh, the thing on. And it world, I don't even, I'm not sure if he turned it on, but he for sure is through stuff. And he turned it on, yeah. And he was like, fuck the doctor. And I, was like, I was like, Baba, but the doctor, he's like, fuck the doctor. The doctor wasn't a great doctor, you know, He was a very shit uh, doctor who thought this was a normal case and just wanted to continue his day. And it turned out to be bigger, and yet now it was on his shoulders, and he wasn't happy about that. It was clear. Like, I get you don't like him, and it's fine. But, uh, he just turned it on, he's like, fuck the doctor, and just went to, like, then he had energy. He didn't have energy at all the entire time to, to shit properly, stand up properly, but like, when it came to throwing it in, in the toilet seat, and turning turning the flush on, it was, had great, great reflexes. Uh, complete, completely detrimental completely toxic, curses, curses my mom all the time. Whenever I talk to him, he doesn't want to listen or he curses me and tells me how stupid I am or how uh, I don't understand shit or how I, how I know half the story or how a million things that are just fucked, you know? So I can't talk to him. He won't explain things to me. He's not capable of explaining them. Uh, he's not bothered to explain them. And then when we try to make, find answers or, or anything, we're, we're fucked basically. We're, we're stupid or we're, he wants us to act on his behalf, but he also doesn't want us to do something he doesn't want. He doesn't make it clear what he wants. He doesn't know what he wants. And then it's all our fault and it's no one else's fault and it's, it's our problem always. It's never his fault. Has problem and he's 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 just fucked in every way. So my mom's dad falls today on his fucking ribs. Uh, three three of them break. There's internal bleeding and there's water in the lungs and he's rushed to the ER. My mom tells my dad this and my dad's first response I hear the second hand of my sister. My dad's first response is, uh, "Who's gonna take care of me?" if you go. And he starts shouting at her and he starts uh, cursing her and and it's just horrible things he says to her the entire time. So my mom books a taxi, packs her shit and, and, and leaves and my sister uh, fig- tries to figure out a way how mom, my dad can be taken care of the, the next next days. So I messaged my mom on the way, try to be a good son to just like you know, to make it smoother for her. She doesn't deserve being treated like this, being uh, exposed to this every day, being exposed to toxicity, being exposed to uh, blame, being exposed to false rationale that you try to deal with rationally. And she's dealing with all of this and she's taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. So of course When she's talking to people or when she's uh she's anything she'll reflect a lot of that back you know if that's all you're absorbing all the time you're going to reflect it back um that's what she was doing fuck my life um uh, and that's that's how it affects her and then sometimes she just sends us uh, a voice message in, in the morning uh five minutes I see it first thing in the morning and it's her telling us how shit he was or how she's suffering. And you can hear it in her voice and you can hear it in everything. And of course, after listening to something like this in the morning, your entire day is shit. Your entire day is just fucked. And then you have to ask yourself. And then I ask myself, like, I can't help in any way. And I try so hard to burn myself emotionally to try to be available for your emotionally and destroys me. And then, uh, on the other hand there's uh she's my mom, and I have to listen. you know she's going through this and and if she needs to let it out, who am I to be like oh but it's it's not the healthiest way for you to channel it. you know what does it help you if you just bring us all fucking down with you you know take take this pill that you're eating and keep it to yourself uh is that Is that the right rationale for any son? but am I also just gonna be listening to my mom vent and, and complain and just eat it? So there's that dilemma. So I speak to my uncle, fucking al and I've been thinking about speaking to him for days, thinking like, hey, wanted to message him, hey, when do you have time to talk? Why do I wanna talk? Because after my, grandf- my grandparents died, the inheritance wasn't split between the kids properly. My dad doesn't know how to speak about his rights. My dad doesn't know how to speak to his siblings about what he needs. So, um, when my uncle died, (sighs) Amusami, he left his house and his wife Majida was there and she doesn't want to leave the house. The house is not hers. The house is part. It's not even. This house is not Am Sami's house. This part, uh, Am Sami only took because he had a disability with his legs. He lost his leg. Why did he lose his leg? Because he had diabetes and she cut off a piece of meat from his leg with scissors on her own. And then it got some kind of infection and it had to be cut off. He. He had crazy diabetes, but he he was so similar to my dad in the sense that he just wanted to eat he just wanted to he just wanted to uh browse the internet, watch movies, and have fun so similar to my dad almost exactly like my dad, just like a bit different and um she doesn't want to leave the house the Part, like none of what this house is would be to her in any sense. It would be another apartment and only a part of that apartment would be hers if things were split properly, but they weren't split properly, you know. And uh, everyone suffers because of that and continues to suffer. Amuziad staying in a house, in a, an apartment that should be ours. He fixed it without telling us and then his son came to my parents' house and told them that he fixed it. And he fixed it because he was afraid that the Yehud, the Israelis are going to take it. Because they take houses often. If they're left or even if they're not left, they take the houses. So he came and told them that it's fixed. Uh, and this is why I fixed it. My my parents' version of the story is that he came to them and told them that it's fixed. Amu, Amu Ziyat's version of the story is, my son came to you and asked you whether or not you want it and whether or not you should fix it. And that's not what happened. And what happened was my aunts decided on their own that their brother should live there. My aunts decided on their own to tell uh, my cousin Tarek to go fix the house Uh, and he did it. And then he told my parents that. But Amar version of the story is uh, we asked first and then you guys caused problems and then one of you is probably a liar out of me. It's like talking to a, talking to a five year old. Oh, but he said and she said and, but man, don't let's not focus on what he said and she said. Let's focus on the fact that we're family and people and we're trying to we're we're trying to do what the, what the fuck is right, you know? Because it doesn't seem like anyone's interested in doing what's right. Everyone's interested in keeping score. And mentioning score and trying to act as if score doesn't matter because we're above scores, obviously. But I'll mention score. He even fucking mentioned to me how when I got cancer and went, to, and went into chemo, that he called my parents to offer, them, to offer my mom flights to go to, to Germany. And he laid that on me in the call. Honestly, in a smooth way. He's not an idiot and he's, he's not a shit talker. I wouldn't say he's completely a bad person. But there is psychotic uh, there is uh, yeah, psychopathic qualities in him. But it's like, oh he he'd mention, he mentioned in this call uh how, how much he paid here, how much he paid there, how much he offered to pay here or offered to pay there, uh in this situation, in that situation. But oh, I'm not keeping score, you know. But just so you know that, like, I, I did offer these things. And I meant them when I did, you know. It's like, fine, fine, you know. It's fine, whatever. Just that. But, like, so much of it is keeping score, keeping up your pride. And sense of self-worth. And your version of things. And how things need to move on your way. And otherwise, things things don't don't work out. So... So I I spoke to him, and at the beginning I was like anxious, like how am I gonna explain this thing to him? Because I have a story in my head about how he's like, and the things that I think are wrong about him. But he's he's lived triple my life, and he he sees so many things wrong. Like at some point he's like, ah, oh, تجيني واحدة بنتي و بتتحكيلي, and I'm like, but la no, she's not as old as your daughter. She took care of your daughter when she was in fucking university, she took care of your daughter and look at how you treated her. You think how you treated her was right and you think that even if she's wrong, you do not get to treat her this way. Even if she's wrong, you do not get to treat her this way. So, and he's not getting this point. Uh, And he says like, oh, someone someone as old as my daughter uh, comes and tells me this shit. She's 30 years older than your daughter, like 20, 25 years at least, or 20. And no, she's not your daughter. And when I, when, I said, when I said like, but she's not as old as your daughter, what you're saying is wrong. He's like, oh, but when did she get married? She got married at 18. When she, got mar- when she was born, I was 20. So if I had a kid when I was as old as her, then she would already be. I'm like, why the fuck are you going through this math? What's this, what, what are these mathematics happening in your head about how, who's old, when, how much, just so you can fucking lay a sentence to justify a shit action without it even coming close to being a good justification. And then it's, it's like, fine, you know, no, it's not fucking fine. So he had a lot of these false justifications in his head that he just threw at me and uh, we ended up talking for an hour and a half. An hour and a half of him explaining things, and then whenever it came to me trying to explain anything, he immediately shut me shut me down. Said خلاص uh, uh, I hear you, وصلت I understand. You don't have to keep continuing this point. But I'm like no. I don't feel like you understood my point. If I have anything extra I need to say, I'm going to say it. And he's like okay fine, and he let me talk. Of course, it's like when you're talking to someone this much older than you, it's them letting you or not letting you very often, you know? And it's like, what the shit is this? Uh, So I had to be very careful with how I maneuvered because I don't want to offend him at all. But I also want to get the right information and see what what logical steps there are to take, you know? Uh, And it was so frustrating because he had so many emotions that he threw at me. So many emotions and emotions and emotions and emotions and emotions. emotions. A lot of them poisonous. A lot of them false judgments. And I'm trying to like be this uh, pure gold uh, moral mirror trying to tell him, yeah, but like if you were the bigger man, it's the person who takes responsibility. But I'm not interested. The story for me is over. But it's like all of your life is problems. All of your life is people... Bringing fires to you, uh, and you're not seeing that. Hey, maybe. And he's like, he expects my mom to go and try to make peace with him, but it's like, no. She's a woman, first off. She's not going to come to you to make peace. Um, and like, wh- when is a woman the person that's going to first approach a guy and be like, hey, like, listen, uh, you hurt me. Let's talk about it. You, you as a man, who knows, who should understand that they're wrong should be the person who goes and and takes responsibility and just says like, hey, but no, he's like, oh, but I go to your house and she doesn't even come to give me water. Yeah, but because you fucking shouted at her after she, and, and how can you not see this? How can you be so blind to this? So we talked about the house and how we could and should get a part of the house. We talked about court. Stuff with my uncle's ex, with my uncle's widow, and how he's strategizing to do this or that, and how this is the timeline, and this is when we expect things to happen, and 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 and. So it was frustrating. Frustrating a lot. He sent me a voice recording afterwards. He sent me a voice recording afterwards of my cousin Ali, my uncle Sami's son. He's like, I think, four years older than I am. Uh, Knocking on their door, banging, and saying to him how he wants to fuck him up and him and his wife are home thinking being scared i've been in a situation where i had a guy who's psychotic knocking on my door very hard more than once and uh, believe me i know how it feels when you're in a in a pr- protected place but someone's trying to get inside and you imagine all the ways that they might get inside and you want to protect yourself and your loved ones and hey you're an old man, this guy is young. I can understand the fear. But listening listening to that, just a very one-sided story, I don't know what happened on the other side, but hey, like he's this guy who's knocking on the door, what you're trying to do is kick his mother out of her house. You know, so like, huh, you know, maybe this guy's a bit justified with being a bit angry about how you treat his mom. Uh, Anyways, but, like, legally, it's not her house, you know, so it's it's a tough situation. And, yeah, I had that entire conversation between, I don't know, 3.30 p.m. and 5, and I had work that I wanted to do and needed to do, and I didn't do, and now it's uh, 12.02, and I'm going to finish something, and I have a cycling class tomorrow morning that I want to I want to do. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of anger. And it's like a part of me, I just grew up with such shit models of of displaying anger in a healthy way that I don't know how to display anger towards people in a healthy way. Like Jan, Jan Apple would And I've I've done it often where I just very straight up looked at a person and was very straight and said whatever it was that needed to be said in an argument or whatever, in a very stern way about setting a limit. But like being downright angry and forceful where I take, I'm not a taker, I'm not taking. The fuck am I taking? I should have been taking Properly a long time ago. Um, but a part of me is just like. Yeah. Overthinking everything about. What it is to take. Talking to was. And like all I'm thinking about is how. What if I. Say this in that way. What if I. Say that in that way. I don't give a fuck about a house. I don't give a fuck about shit. I just give a fuck about having some kind of fucking peace in my family, when it's just my dad being a complete cunt all the time. Now he's alone at home. I I I I assume he's gonna die soon. I keep assuming this. Um, uh, but it's just like you're just being a complete child. Uh, with no justification for being a cunt, you know? You've just let yourself be a cunt so often, and people have let you be one for so long. Not people, us, his family, have been okay with him being how he is just because he's our dad and we should love him. You know, it's our fault and his fault for la- raising loving children. Um, and it's like, I'm the only one in the family who's just consistently saying, hey, it's wrong for us to keep supporting him, following the same pattern and have us all suffer for it uh, over and over and over and over and over again. And like, this is the thing we need to wake up from. Mom is still stuck in her idea of duty. Hala and Noor and Musa are just like, he's our dad and we love him and it's his time of need. If we don't take care of him, who's going to take care of him? But to me, it's like, I cannot, I cannot respect a man who does not even attempt to respect himself and the people around him, I cannot respect a man's opinion, and I cannot base myself off of the the rida. Don't Have your parents uh, uh, approve of you. To say that uh, God can approve of you too—that God can can. Say this guy is okay uh, If your parents don't uh, Give you the the go You go to hell God isn't going to approve of you either Why the shit would I care for a single second What this this idiot thinks about me but I Today I was talking to my sister Noor Before mama left to Palestine Trying to find a midway solution To things And uh, what did I compare my dad to? I forgot, but I compared my dad to something really weird. I compared my dad to something really weird and then said, said to know like, oh, I just compared my dad to that. Something like a dirty shirt that you can't clean or something, I don't know. What it was, but uh, it's like pathetic that that's the case. And like the the amount of time that I had to process my daddy issues, the amount of times that I had to try and base myself off him, the amount of times that I still think that, huh, if I explain to him what's uh, what's wrong, uh, he, he might finally get it, you know? It's like, no, the guy is addicted to his mouth, the guy is addicted to saying shit words. The guy is addicted to eating shit, and the guy is just a lazy shit, you know? He wants to fill his brain with garbage always. He doesn't want to analyze his thoughts properly. And he just lays things out as if he knows what the fuck they are. And he followed this pattern for so long that now he's just a degenerated shit. But it's not like he's been shit now. He's been shit for a very long time. And I say this knowing in my heart with images flashing in front of my eyes of how I've seen this guy in very genuine moments, be a very, very, very heartful, good, very empathetic guy with us in the, in the more beautiful moments when he lets himself be an innocent kid without uh, being crazy attached to anyone. But then very quickly, all of a sudden, he turns into a complete monster. We'd be playing together, he'd be, we'd be, he'd be tickling us, he'd be jumping around, and then one of us does something wrong, tickles him in his feet, and then he kicks this person in the face. You don't, tickle, you don't tickle Baba in the feet. You don't tickle Baba's feet. Baba's feet you don't tickle. But he can fuck you up, but you can't tickle his feet. He doesn't like it, you know? So, Khalas, people can be just very badly programmed, and no matter what you tell them, what you keep burning yourself thinking you need to tell them, uh, they'll never change, I'm like I'm sick of this pattern. You know, I'm always thinking of what I can tell someone, ha, the right message, the right way for them to to flip. With everything I write, or with everything I I try and do, that's been that's been a constant. So it's exhausting. It's just fucking all of it's exhausting. Last nights were positive. I did breath work, meditated a bit, journaled, and then went to bed. So that was a consistently good thing for a few days the workouts and everything, just being with breath, being with breath, being with breath. Very beautiful thing, breath. I had a job interview yesterday, then today, too, and it felt so wrong to have both of them. Um, even though, in a way, I was glad for the just having the experience and another, just to have another offer, so that I can negotiate with my boss and be like, uh, "I want a raise." But I think I should just, it took away from me doing my job, you know, yeah. with people that I really trust and feel loyal to. And that's not something I want to sacrifice right now. It doesn't fit with anything right. Um, it <sighs> doesn't fit with anything right. I want to talk about something like receptivity, for some reason. I had one more topic on my mind that I wanted to mention that I didn't mention. But if it's not coming, it's fine. So it's been a long time since I've been really in the night. Even now, it's twelve, and I don't know how many sounds you heard. This metal أصبات la uh, the truck, I'm on I'm put hot scooters, I'm put through. Uh, so many noises at night, so many lights everywhere at night, can't really get to appreciate the pure, pure, full moon in front of the lake while I just sit down in front of it and hope that the next morning is going to be different Things things so on attachment. I don't want to talk about receptivity, I want to talk about attachment. I'm reading a book that talks about attachment styles, the kinds of relationships we find ourselves to get into. And how we deal with them, a lot of people are avoidant. They have a fear of getting close and they keep people away. Or when they see people start getting closer, they start bringing up more, more walls. I think I've been that a few times in one way or another. I think most of us have. Uh, but there's also the anxious type. The anxious type is uh, more like, please validate the fact that I love you. They show me that you, you're you not going to leave. I'm anxious that you're going to leave. Um, and I seem to be the anxious type. But, but... While reading this book, one thing that was a bit more clear to me than it was before... There's nothing wrong with feeling attachment. There's nothing wrong with attaching to this idea. There's nothing wrong to attaching to that idea, to this hobby, to this reality, to this thought. And I seem to be trying to not attach to everything or anything and trying to have it all at the same time, not attached to it and still attached to it and have it both ways and be detached to all of it and then just suffering a lot, greedy a lot. And I was reading this book and it's talking about how, you know, maybe it's actually healthy to be attached to someone. You know, there's a lot of benefits to when you're attached to, you, to your mom growing up in a certain way. When you hold someone's hand, when you know your mom is there and you feel safe playing. If your mom isn't there, you're not gonna feel safe playing. You need that base. But from that base, you, you're more, you feel more free to, to do all those things, you know? So, it's good, like I'm taking six weeks now off of talking to, to anyone in that way. And, uh, two weeks down, you know, so, Four more weeks to go and it's an interesting thing to just hold on to without thinking that i need to break it or that i need to change something about it let's see how what evolves and how we reflect on it you know it's a process nothing is perfect and we observe it we don't forget perspective we're going to live for a long time and taking six weeks just to stave off something for a little bit that we consistently do is not a bad idea it's not a bad idea at all If anything, it's healthy. Uh, When you come back to it, you come back to it with a different perspective, and then it's nothing that you miss out on. It's like, sometimes the past few days, few weeks, uh, there was blame in myself, like, oh, and what if that person was in your life? What if you just talked to them, and have seen, and then gained that experience? Gain it after these six weeks, but, um, I'm um, still fine, you know, the idea is that you're fine with without these people. Uh, all these people in the city are moving, and it's like it's such a more common pattern of how I've seen these people be, and I still try to hope that I might see something different. And it, it might happen. happen, you know, it's a big city, but uh, the norm, the... It's not so nice, what I want from it. So there's nothing unhealthy about attachments. What's unhealthy is being uh, addicted to attachments, craving attachments, being attached to craving. Attachments. <laughs> Vipassana was a lot about craving. It wasn't about attachment. It was about realizing the attachment too. Wanting to keep craving. Wanting to keep wanting. Wanting to keep averting. And um, I listened to something today and it's also sprung into another idea of how I'm always... My head is always somewhere. Like, I, I can be in a moment with someone, and it's like when something happens, I can definitely be present with it. Like, when I was talking to Ambaziyad, I was really there. Um, or if I run into someone I know, I'm really there. You know, I was going to send a message to Sara, uh, my sister in law, and I uh, saw someone I, I knew from beforehand, and immediately my brain went from Sending the message to now I'm talking to this person and that was all that I was thinking about. so theres there's health in that, but Vipassana has strengthened my mind's eye in the sense that I become very much when I'm like I'm aware of how easy it is in my brain for my brain to go into images, to go into a complete movie very quickly. And that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. It strengthens that in a way and it makes me feel scared how often I can be lost somewhere instead of being where I am. All these thoughts that repeat and come back and come back even though I might not want them, I might want to be thinking about something else. Um, how much control do you really have over your thoughts? Tell them, hey, don't keep thinking about that. Think about this other thing that I consider more important. Try to find solutions there. But can I really think just, without, just with my brain? I seem to do much better thinking when I'm talking out loud. I seem to do much better thinking when I'm writing things down. I seem to do much better thinking when I'm listening to my voice, or someone else's voice, or at least something happening. me. The I don't know how other people's brains work, but uh, as much as I might like to think I hold on to thoughts, to me, there's are just things passing by. Chamber, echo chamber, bombarding. Nothing. Not all the time, clear. Uh, My knee. Uh, So attaching to good things was not really the worst thing. Healthy attachments. Practicing healthy attachments. Still, all the things I keep telling myself I want to finish writing, Still, all the wisdom I seem to still be gaining of all these things. Like for me, what I felt like I really need to develop and learn was uh, my sense of attachment. My attachment style, my addiction to trying to find something to attach to to hold on or to approach again, my addiction to, or paradigm of thinking, being good is my defining quality, trying to please mom in one way or another. Um, I think I've been missing as a child, but all of these things are opportunities for me to share what I feel like I've grown into. It's just very easy also to think that uh, problems repeat themselves so often in in my head, because like how different is every day to the next. And then... uh, how that might make things seem like they're not changing, or that I'm not changing, or that I'm stuck, not growing, or that I'm not effective enough, or that I'm still a kid, or that I was anxious that I'm, if I'm even ready to have such a serious phone call with someone like my uncle, you know? But it's like, it's very clear that we both debate from very different places, you know? Pride is a complete monster. Pride is a complete, complete monster. The mouth is also something that could be good or bad and I must the night. I've been so long in the day. So I create the vessel. I make room from the solid block. I carve into its space. And I wait. Without entrance to see this space fill genuine growth.